How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hey there, Disney Files. Thanks for tuning in. Just a little warning that whilst we like to keep things bright and light here at Dissecting Disney Ditties, occasionally we do drop in a bad word or two. So if you're listening at home or in the car with the kidlets, you might want to listen to this later. Enjoy. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet to record today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to Elders past and present. Ladies and gentlemen, the President will now be here to answer any questions. Well, thank you all for coming. I, I do have time for a couple of questions. Over here, Mr. President. Mr. President. You, yeah, you there. Stackers from CNN. The people want to know, what is the best Disney song? That's all the time I have for today. Thank you very much. Mr. President, you, you, can't, you can't walk away from this. Hello, hello. Welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties with Stackers and Will. I'm Stackers. And I'm Will. And on this show, we'll be breaking each Disney classic down song by song in an attempt to answer the impossible question. What is the best Disney song? Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... Uh... It's Billy Madison. Is that Billy Madison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know one movie with a Mr. Madison. There. Okay, Billy Madison. That's the one where he's like, bark to school. Yeah, yeah, bark yeah. yeah. <laughs> he passes all 12 <laughs> years in what? Like, it's like 12 days 12 or something. Days I don't or something. know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something's dumb. Episode 20, y'all. Episode 20, the Renaissance. Oh, my goodness. We've been it's promising it for so long. Such a long time. And we've been promised it for so long. And it's finally here. And. It just ended perfectly because I've been using, uh, I bought a bunch of notebooks mm, years yes. and years and years, years ago from Typo. Yeah. And each one had a different Disney princess on the front. And so the notebook I was writing everything in had Belle on the front because she's my favorite. Yeah. Yep. But when I wrote The Little Mermaid in it, mm. I realized that was the last page and right. I would not have enough room to write my notes. Yeah. Yeah. So we have hit episode 20. <laughs> it's a new book. It's The Little Mermaid. And on the front cover of this one, is Ariel. Da, 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 da. It's funny. You can like label that first book, the slog years. Yeah. And then this is the, hopefully fairly se- the smooth payoff, sailing. Yeah. <laughs> now we're watching films that Tim will actually watch with me. So, <laughs> Yeah. Angie's watched all of them with me because I have force fed them to her. So uh, good move, Tim, on staying out so far. <laughs> hey, Ben. Uh, I'm, I'm really good. I'm a bit exhausted because life is truly yeah. roll rocking and rolling and I'm, 
I'm currently rehearsing a musical at the moment as well as working full time and yeah, um, yeah. social calendars filled up mm. unexpectedly and yeah, it's all a bit t- exhausting, but yep. you know, grateful to be alive, happy and kicking. How yeah, about you? Pretty much the same. I um I turned 35 in January and I've I've just this week realized that I'm not a young person anymore. <laughs> I was out past midnight most nights last week and I'm just I am so it exhausted. Hurts. It hurts. It yeah. physically hurts. Mm. And um yeah, so I'm just uh, I'm just winding back up to that getting used to being out again yeah. and being social. <laughs> Trying to rewind the clock for the two years that we kind of yeah, missed before absolutely. we really got old. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but no, it's been good. Like um I, I went and saw West Side Story last week. Have you seen it? The movie. Yeah, the yes. Sp- Speed of the Spielberg one. It's so good. Mm, yeah. I really loved it. Yeah. Personally. I'd- I thought it was very good with some very not good things. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. What do you think of the casting? I thought the casting was uh, good. I liked it. Um, I guess... Yeah, it's weird because everyone seemed very sort of modern, I guess, in their in their performances, which is, you know it's set in the fifties, and this this version is still set in the fifties. Um, but everyone felt very modern. Like Riff felt like a very modern sort of um, laughy sidekick, but then he was also actually quite sinister in a few of the, the mm. times. And that's one of the thing I really loved about it was that the Jets became like a very like a problematic group instead of just being yeah you pesky boys, which was good. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, I think uh, Spielberg did a good attempt at trying to balance out mm. what is quite a problematic script in a sort of more woke era. Yeah. Um, my problem was with Tony. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Didn't Did like not, him. I thought he was like a wet blanket next yeah. to the immaculate casting of Rachel Ziegler. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I thought he sang it okay, but, um, yeah, like he... Uh, he was very quiet almost, in a lot, like very sort of mumble. Oh, Didn't believe that along. he'd just gotten out of the clink for yeah. bashing a guy to near death. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I loved, loved the sort of recontextualization of the setting, like the fact mm. that they were fighting over this turf that was literally being torn down around them. Yeah. And Angie sort of pointed out that a lot of the weapons they were using were being picked up from these construction sites. Yeah. So they were, they were killing each other with the tools that was tearing down their, their world kind of fabric, like yeah. it's it was i thought that was very cool and it was a very sort of yeah like i didn't think that in 2022 west side story which i've known and loved for quite some time mm. could surprise me or make me think about things in a different way and it and it really did so full respect to spielberg and the 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 entire crew behind west side story yeah mm. and i think um ariana debose definitely deserves oh, that yeah. oscar i was yeah. Quite shocked that Rachel Ziegler was not nominated. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I don't know what was. She was nominated for the Golden Globe, mm, yeah, but not the Oscars. And oh, yeah, I thought that was very interesting because I yeah. think she's, I, I can't. She's like the best Maria I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> like she's yeah. so freaking believable. I suppose the Oscars are still quite, you know, stuck in their ways. I mean, mm. they've only just really recently really started accepting streaming platforms as a mm. legitimate form of movies and. We're lucky to see you know a couple of Netflix movies, like an Apple Plus movie I think is up, Coda, which I haven't seen yet. Um, no. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years, I guess. But yeah, yeah good movie. But as Will would say, we're not here to talk about West Side Story. Well done. We are here to talk about the, the Little, Little Mermaid. Mermaid.
I'm not going to lie, I had a little bit of a tear when this that fucking epic overture comes in and they're like swimming through the ocean and you're just getting all this incredible animation yeah. and then, the, you know, Atlant- I don't think it's called Atlantis, like Atlantia or whatever it's called, like comes into the frame and it's just, yeah, this stunning, stunning choral arrangement. So it's beautiful. Pretty. Yeah, It's definitely like level up. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting because the last two movies I – personally don't think have been terrible but this is very much a, a shift yeah like you feel they're just going we're going into fifth gear yeah like, there's a few things that straight away are very different i was really fortunate to see this performed live by the melbourne symphony orchestra oh, stunning Ooh, question mark maybe the year before i yeah. don't know um no it was pre pre-covid I, I, look whatever it was fairly recent actually this came out in 89 nine mm. and we're in 20 jeez was it 2019? Maybe it was. Possibly the last two years have not existed. Yeah, so. actually it must have been 2019 because that's when the movie turned 30. 30. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, oh, my goodness, yeah, as soon as that overture kicked in and the sound of that thick orchestra was so yeah. overwhelming, I was yeah. like, <laughs> and I went with my friend Rebecca and I looked at her and she was crying and I yeah. felt very validated. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was just like that thing of, you know, we grew up, with this, these movies, like yeah. this was the start of our childhood. Yeah. Um, oh, it, this score, this score yeah. is just, it's something completely different. Mm. The focus on the music is completely different. It's yeah. no longer about pop. It's no longer about celebrity. Mm. It's about story. And we have, you know, we know we have Howard Ashman to thank majorly for that shift. Props, RIP, props. Um, and we'll talk a bit about him over the next three uh, episodes really, but he really was the game changer Mm. in this film because um, a lot of people sort of think, oh, he wrote the lyrics, but he did so much more than just write the lyrics, which is really cool. So, um, yeah, I guess before we jump into all that, do we have a drink today? No, unfortunately we don't. So as we just had, wah, have, wah, yeah, I know. Wah, <laughs> I should have put that sound effect in, <laughs> damn it. Um, as we sort of mentioned, it's been a really busy couple of weeks and mm. I, I just completely forgot, if I'm being completely honest, I just forgot. Um, but I will make it up to everyone and I'll finally start posting stuff to our socials as <laughs> oh we've been God. promising for, what, 20 weeks yeah. now. Um, and <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with something yummy and delicious. Look, um, to be yeah. fair, last episode I forgot to read the book. True. And true. this episode, I almost forgot to read the book, and it was thankfully twelve pages long. So. Oh yes, very nice. It's almost like we're really exhausted, yep. and we're just things that forget slip in our mind. Oh my goodness! But I actually did proper research for this one, not crammed research like yeah. I did for the last one. Not that anyone would know. It made me sound really smart. Um, but yeah, I just I sort of got through all of that and mm. thought, yeah, I'm ready to go, and then went the book. Yeah, the book. It's twelve pages long. I can do this. It's um, it's funny finally being here because like leading up to this point and looking at like the way that I've been scoring and all that sort of stuff, I was sort of thinking I need to be careful that I don't overhype yeah. the Renaissance because those are the as you said they're the movies of our childhood. There's no sentimental sentimental yeah. score, you and know? so I I didn't want to do that. But then putting it on last night and watching it, I was like, no, this is very good it's so different yeah it's so different yeah but yeah i think it was nice having tim next to me because he sort of grounds me a little bit yeah. and yeah. sometimes he'd be like i was like i don't know what to take off and he goes okay let's look at like the animation score if yeah. you took the song away is that the best animation you've ever seen and i was like hmm okay so he was a little bit mm. it was good otherwise i'd be like fives everywhere just yeah, five, five, five. Yeah, and yeah. like the scores are still you know 
pretty good. But, scores, scores are pretty good. But, scores are pretty good. Um, yeah, it was just nice to have a bit of a, an earther yeah. there to just earth me a little bit. So no. it wasn't just, you know, I don't even need to watch it. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Le Poisson fives. It does just feel like that with these movies. Like, I don't even need to watch that again. I know it's amazing. Yeah, and then, you know, yeah. the film opens with fathoms below and you're like, um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've already forgotten. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's jump into the stats because there's a hell of a lot of them. recorded that in my pyjamas. I hadn't even gotten out of bed yet. I still remember doing that. Very Uh, nice. Very nice. Oh, uh, happy one year anniversary, by the way. No, we turned one in the week after my cabaret. No, I meant it's one year since uh, the question, though. Since the question. So for newer listeners, um, this all started when I posted a question to Facebook asking what is the best Disney song? Mm. And it was very popular and also very aggressive. 60-something comments <laughs> and later. So, yeah. And then, yeah, you messaged me a few weeks later and said, you've broken my brain, let's do this. And so here we are. So here happy one-year anniversary well, happy of one the Happy one-year anniversary of your infuriating, provocative, <laughs> divisive, polarising and, question. And how can people be so wrong? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're joking. We love you all. You're all wrong. Um, okay, so the year is 1989. Two-year-old Will is living in Lara, and I'm pretty sure I saw this at the movies. But I I don't remember it specifically, but my auntie always talks about taking me to see this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was still in nappies at this point. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Are you young Don't think I went to the movie to see this. (laughs) But I definitely wore out the VHS. Yeah. So it's 1989. It is one year since the release of Oliver because, oh, no. What's his name? Fitzenberg. Oh, Katzenberg and um, Eisner. Yeah, so is it John Katzenberg? Uh, Yeah. Why haven't I tattooed this guy's name on my hand? Michael Eisner and John Katzenberg. Jeff Katzenberg. Jeff Katzenberg. John... No, Ron Clements. And And John Musker. John Musker. Yeah, fire. Uh, Yeah, we're not not good on the Jewish names. So (laughs) Jeff Katzenberg... uh, did make the promise uh, that from Oliver and Company moving forward, there would be a movie a year. Mm, yeah. Uh, and here we are. We're one year later. So we've got our new creative team, uh, one of which is going to be a mainstay and the other one for certain would have been a mainstay mm, if not for mm. the unfortunate events that unfolded. So the music is by Alan Menken. The, the lyrics were by Howard Ashman and the score was by Alan Menken. Oh, I just want to blurt out, blurt out so many stats right now, but I'll get yeah, through the main yeah. feed first. So in the cast, we've got uh, Jodie Benson as mm. Ariel. Yeah. She basically was found because she was in Ashman's previous musical, previous, previous musical called Smile. Oh, okay. And she basically only did a couple of things on Broadway, one of which I was surprised to find out she was the original Polly Baker in Crazy For You. Oh. And I choreographed that years ago and I listened to that cast recording so many times and did not realise that's Ariel. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I got rhythm, I got music, I got my man who could ask for anything more. She's also Barbie in Toy Story. Yep, yep, yep. But she hasn't really done like many musicals at all since um, 
since this time, which yeah. is a bit of a shame because she was amazing. But here's the the fun trivia fact. When she was in Smile, that musical was written by Howard Ashman and Marvin Hamlish, who yep. we know most famously wrote the music for A Chorus Line. Yeah. And in that cast was Jodie Benson. And in that show, she sang a song called Disneyland. Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, Disneyland. Close my eyes real tight, wishing hard I might, wishing hard I may. Find my way to Disneyland. That's Ariel. Cute. That's the voice of Disney. Yeah. Right there. She sounds stunning. Yeah, so that's how she ended up in this world of The Little Mermaid. Alongside her, we've got Christopher Daniel Barnes as Prince Eric, mm-hmm. who was the voice of Spider-Man in the 1994 series and Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movie. Oh, I loved that Brady Bunch movie as a kid. <laughs> well, he's Greg. And you know who isn't Prince Eric but did go for it? Who? The very young Jim Carrey. Really? Mm. Majorly different energy. Very different energy. I mean, I don't know if a young Jim Carrey would have been like different to what we think when we think Jim Carrey, but I guess this is close to the mask kind of era. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, mask is ninety four, I think. So yeah, we're we're very much in there. Um, yeah, Ariel comes out of the ocean, smoking. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, alongside them, we've got Pat Carroll as Ursula. Yep. Now. Pat Carroll, I don't have really any information on her. She, she'd done, like, quite a bit of stuff, but nothing that I thought, oh, yeah, she was in that. Yeah. But there were she was not the first person they offered the role to. Interesting. So the first person they offered the role to was B. Arthur. Oh. From Golden yeah. Girls. Yeah. And Golden Girls was owned by Disney. Right, okay. Now, where I read this and I also heard this was, um, oh, it's Bayer. Is it Bay Arthur? B-E-A. Uh, Bay I think Arthur. it's B. Yeah. Haley will kill me for not saying that right. <laughs> anyway, so um, she was offered the role and the, the story goes she turned it down yeah. and then it ended up being Pat Carroll's role. Mm. The truth is that there was an interview many years later and they asked her, why did you turn down the role of Ursula and the Little Mermaid? Yeah. And that was the first time she'd heard about it. Okay. So it turned out her agent turned it down and never told her. I would be very upset with my agent. (laughs) So other considerations uh, that were floating around before they gave it to Pat Carroll were Nancy Marchand, Mm -hmm. Nancy Wilson, because they really wanted a Nancy. Yep. Roseanne. Fuck, okay. (laughs) Charlotte Ray, Jennifer Saunders. Yeah, okay. And then they cast Elaine Stritch. Elaine Stritch, who's that? She is uh, most famously, she's a Sondheim actor. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The name is really familiar. She originally sang Ladies Who Lunch. Here's to the ladies who lunch. Everybody laughs. She's one of those people that just has always been old, like Maggie Smith, you know, or yeah, Judy yeah, Dench. Yeah. They just were born 50. So yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, she would have been great. She's a real, like, big kind of um, old 
character actor. You know, she plays like the old twisted bitter woman really well. Yeah. But when she started working on the movie, her and Howard Ashman didn't get along. Right, okay. And there's actually a documentary on the making of Company where you can see Elaine Stritch is kind of difficult to work with. Yeah. So they parted ways and they uh, then had to go to Ursula number three, which ended up being... Pat Carroll, and honestly, I can't imagine no, that role given anyone else. She's she's just got an iconic voice. Like she it's starts so speaking, deep. and yeah, and you immediately know which character's talking. Like she's just, yeah, she's incredible. Yeah, and that laugh, I just, I adore her. So mm. that's how we got to Pat Carroll. Alongside them, we've got Kenneth Mars as King Triton. Yep, who originated the role of Franz Franz Liebekind in the original yeah, movie I of saw the producers. That. Yeah, and there was something else that he'd done that I thought was uh, pretty big. Um, uh, yeah, he was Grandpa Longneck in the Land Before Time movies. Right. Yeah. Oh, the dinosaur. <laughs> I don't know why, but my my brain went to Lemony Snicket. I was like, <laughs> who is that? Yeah, okay. Um, Sebastian is voiced by Samuel E. Wright, mm-hmm. who I discovered was the original Broadway Mufasa. They live in you. They live in me. They're watching over everything we see. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Super, super cool. Yeah. Um, Flounder was voiced by Jason Marin. Scuttle was voiced by Buddy Hackett, who was um, Marcellus Washburn in the Music Man movie. But I don't think I've ever seen that movie. So that no, means I, yeah. nothing no to idea. me. We also had Paddy Edwards, who voiced both Flotsam and Jetsam. And once you know that, you're like, yep, that's clearly the same person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he later on appears in Hercules as uh, Antrip- An- Antropos. An- Antropos? In- He's one of the fates <laughs> in Hercules. Okay. Moving on. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I go down the list, we had Kimmy Rotsburn, uh, Robertson as Adriana, Arista, Adela, and Alana. Mm-hmm. So she somehow voiced four of the sisters and they went, we need someone else to do the other two. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she wasn't good enough for those two, <laughs> but she was good enough for the other four. But yeah. she does come back in Beauty and the Beast as Babette. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then if I go right down the bottom, we had Renee... Or Bajanis. Thank you. Uh, I probably butchered it. I probably butchered it. Apologies. (laughs) He was Odo in Star Trek, which means nothing to me. Oh, I'm very aware of who Renee Bajanis is. Great. Good for you. Good for you. He's also in Boston Legal. Did you ever watch that? Like, I don't know why. I just remember. I never watched it, but I like one episode every now and again. But I just remember I am sorry about your loss in American Sign Language. I don't know why I remember that episode, but it was just like there was a deaf um, client Client and the head woman started speaking to her in sign. I don't know why I remember that, but that's the only thing I ever remember. There you go. That's serious. (laughs) So now if you ever go to America and meet a person who's hard of hearing, you will be able to tell them that you're sorry for their loss. Yeah. And nothing else. And nothing else. (laughs) And they'll be like, who died? (laughs) So that's the that's the cast. Yep. Uh, you will notice a distinct lack of celebrity in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we've gone back to the story, back to what works, because we're not doing well. Mm. The Animation department is in a bunch of portables in a parking lot next to a bowling alley. You cannot <laughs> believe that this movie came out of that. Yeah. 
Absolutely crazy. Yeah, Absolutely it's, crazy. it's insane. They've been shipped out the building. You don't matter anymore. You're not making us enough money, but we need to keep you alive. We'll just keep you alive in Greendale or wherever they ended up. And, yeah, it just looks, you know, decrepit and terrible. Mm. But that's where the Little Mermaid was born. I'd love to have seen the groveling that came about just immediately following the the <laughs> cata, like the, the cataclysmic <laughs> fortune that this movie made. Yeah. Like, you know, Michael Eisner's there in his room of money and he's just like, come in, boys, come in. Did, uh, did we put you in that room? I don't think that we did. temporary. No, um, did we say that was Here we go. Bit? There's a, there's a, oh, look, yeah. look, a, a new room. Yeah. <laughs> a new building, yeah. <laughs> so this did very well at the Academy Awards. So this is the first time mm. that Disney has done a fairy tale in 30 years. Shit, okay. We've done a lot of random books. We've done a lot of random stuff. What was the last one then? Was it? It was Sleeping Beauty in 1959. Fucking hell, okay. So kind of like when they were doing movies back in the 40s yeah, and Dumbo didn't go very well and they're like, oh, what do we do? Oh, let's do another princess movie. Yeah, yeah. So we've come to the end of the 80s. We're not doing very well. What should we do? Let's another do a princess, princess movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Basically, this ended up regenerating the entire animation department and kind of putting Disney's focus back on animated film where yeah. it should be. At the Academy Awards, it was nominated for three Oscars, Best Original Score, and two for Best Original Song. What mm-hmm. were the songs, Will? Two for Best Original two. Song. Uh, I'm going to say that one of them is Poor Unfortunate Souls. And the other? And the other is uh, Under the Sea. This is really funny because I lost a point at a trivia night that you were hosting based on this song, oh, and you also just got it wrong. Did I? Fuck. Okay. <laughs> I said Under the Sea and Part of Your World. Yeah. The answer is Under the Sea, which won. Yeah. And Kiss the Girl. Okay. Mm. I mean, great, great song. Is it better than, like, I'm talking about Kiss the Girl. Great mm. song, but is it better than Poor Unfortunate Songs? I don't Look, think I, so. Look, I'm like, I, don't, I couldn't decide. I definitely yeah. said Under the Sea. And any of the others that weren't Fathoms Below or Daughters of Triton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it won Best Original Score. It won for Best Original Song for Under the Sea. Interestingly, Golden Globes, it won Best Original Score, Best Original Song for Under the Sea. Mm-hmm. Kiss the Girl was also nominated. And it got a nomination at the Golden Globes for Best Picture, Comedy or Musical. So okay. we're not quite yeah. at nominating for Best Picture at the Oscars, but it did get a nod for Golden Globes, Yeah, which is really great because, you know, decades prior – People walked out of the Academy going, if you're not going to nominate, I think it was The Jungle Book. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah. well, if you're not going to nominate that for Best Picture, I'm out. So, Shit. Um, it also did win a Grammy for Under the Sea as well, Best Song Written for Picture. Okay. Yeah, right. So, this cleaned up. Yeah. This made over $80 million at the box office on a 20 something million dollar budget. Hmm. Yeah, I was just doing the inflation calculator. You've already just done it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there we go. Yeah. And songs that you will be familiar with from this movie will definitely be Part of Your World, mm-hmm. Under the Sea, yep. Poor Unfortunate Souls, yep. and then you might know Let Poisson and Kiss the Girl. I mean, really, all of them, right? Basically like- anything that wasn't the first two songs <laughs> <Yeah>. in the movie. <laughs> we are the doctors of Triton. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a lot of big hits, a lot of karaoke hits, a mm. lot of, you know, teaching kids to sing hits yeah you know what yeah. kid didn't grow up singing part of your world i was more of an under the sea kind of kid but i hear you i hear you it's because i'm a boy mm. yeah this film uh basically katzenberg told musker and clements be prepared 
this movie probably won't sell because it's not a boy movie. Yeah. Which just feels like an icky view. And they showed him. Yeah. Well, yeah. the hit movies were like Land Before Time. I guess, and yeah. And that Nim yeah. movie and Oliver and Company. And, yeah, true, true. You know, Star Wars is out. Yeah, yeah. So And Indiana Jones. And surveys say teenagers won't be caught dead seeing a Disney movie at this yeah, time. Yeah, okay. So hmm. we've got a lot of, lot of things going against this film. Yeah, yeah. But it's really successful. So... Originally, this film was meant to be part of a package film in the 30s. So after Snow White, Disney was like, let's do a series of package films all based on Hans Christian Andersen films. And this was one of them. How different The Little Mermaid would be if it was made in the 30s and 40s. Condensed into like a 30-minute, you know, segment to be thrown in with, uh, you know. um, To be forgotten with all those like random silly symphonies. and Aesop fables and thinking of, you know too many people wrote, like, little stories back in the day. There's actually a live-action <sighs> film that Disney made called, I think it's just called Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah. And it's great. Okay. It's a really yeah. nice story. TBC. Mm. Coming to this podcast feed yeah, some sometime good songs in the in near future. Yeah. I discovered it because I found a song from it in a songbook for kids. And I was like, okay, hmm, yeah, yeah. what's that movie? I loved it. Yeah, it was right. really nice. We'll check it out. So, basically... We know from everything I've spoken about before, they've been moved out to a lot. We've got new people in charge. We've got Katzenberg and Eisner. And we've also got a guy who is now basically in charge of the animation department who knows nothing about animation named Peter Schneider. Peter Schneider. Peter, Peter Schneider. Who everyone kind of doesn't like. In fact, everyone kind of doesn't like everyone up above because, you know, they've got no money and no real space. Yep. So Katzenberg sets up the gong show. And basically animators come through and put their ideas forward. And Ron Clements was looking for ideas, went to a bookstore, picked up a copy of The Little Mermaid and was Mm. like, oh, has this never been made into a Disney movie? What if this book, But Mermaid? I don't know. It was already Mermaid. It was already called The Little (laughs) Mermaid. We'll catch up. Um, Oh, sorry. What if this book... But Flounder Fox. Like. <laughs> That's the Broadway musical. That's next season. We'll come up. So he he writes up a two-page treatment. Yeah. They call it a treatment, which is basically a condensed little – it's like the opening of a script. Yeah. You know, like this what this what could be. And he presents it and Katzenberg says, no, nah, we're doing a sequel of Splash. We don't need another mermaid movie. Right. Goodbye. Yeah. Kicks him out. Yeah. Then that night Katzenberg reads it again and goes, this is actually really good. Yeah. So let's make Splash 2 a straight to – TV thing mm. and let's do The Little Mermaid. And he rings up the next day and says, actually, I didn't read it before. I just went, mermaid's not, but I read it and it's actually really good. So, bro, come back and let's make the movie. That's basically what happened. I might start doing that with some of my students, just being like, you get an F. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I, I didn't read it yesterday and now I did. So, B+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> so... Katzenberg goes on a hunt for writers because yeah. at the moment Clements, Musker and Clements are leading animators yeah. and he doesn't want to lose that by getting sure. them to write it. So he starts looking for writers and people are putting in submissions and Musker and Clements basically make a plea and say, we want, we can write this. We mm. want to write these. Please make us the writers slash anim- lead animators. Yeah, okay. Katzenberg gives in and hallelujah, welcome to the Renaissance. Yeah. Welcome to the Renaissance. We got to Ashman and Menken. Now we know Alan Menken has written the score for nearly every major animated Disney musical to this day. Mm-hmm. Nearly, he hasn't done one in a while. Yeah, but he's currently working on a sequel to Enchanted. Oh, one. cool! All right, 
called Disenchanted, Ah. which already there's a weird sort of anti-Disney musical, like off-off-off-Broadway musical called that. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That'll get confusing. Anyway, Mm. (laughs) so how we got here was David Geffen, who was quite a big deal at Disney, happened to see Smile and he got Katzenberg to write a letter to Ashman saying, hey, we think you and Disney are a match made in heaven. Mm. Come and work with us. Yeah. Smile was not a success on Broadway. Right. It's kind of a hot mess of a show. Howard Ashman was kind of wearing too many hats and it just kind of got too too messy. Too convoluted, But yeah. he had a really good work ethic. People really, really respected him. David Geffen came and saw what he was doing and was like, I want this guy. Yeah. So he pulls in Howard Ashman and says, are you interested? Ashman's like, yep, this would be an amazing musical. Who do you want to write your music? Alan Menken. So how we get to Alan Menken here is way before this, Howard Ashman was basically really into theatre. He was kind of really into acting but also into writing. He didn't know what he wanted to do. He's like, I'm going to write a musical. Um, I need someone to write the music. And he was friends with Maury Yeston, who mm. was the composer for Nine, eventually is yeah. how we know. Okay. He's done a bunch of other stuff as well, but Nine's probably the biggest one. And until about, I don't know, five years ago, I was calling him Mary Yeston. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yay, female composer. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> so <laughs> he, Ashman says, I need someone to write. And he goes, I've seen this kid, Alan Menken. He's doing sort of like jingles and random little stuff. I think you guys be a good match. Give it a go. And so they do their first musical together called God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater. Which I've heard is good, or the music at least is good. Yeah, it was another hot mess of a show that kind of went nowhere, but lyrically it's very clever and you can kind of see what they wanted to do with it. Yeah. Just kind of didn't shape quite right. Cheese nips. They want cheese nips. They poo-poo the pâté du pays. But the cheese nips, they like cheese nips. And they're not even touching the brie. If you've seen the Howard documentary on Disney+, Plus, which I recommend everyone watch because it's incredible, the life of this man, this very short-lived career of this man is amazing. He managed to secure a theatre space, like a black box theatre space that he could use, and it was him and his partner at the time locked it in. Eventually his partner kind of left this creative space, yeah. but that's where they put on God bless you, Mr. Rosewater. It wasn't great, but they were like, Hmm, what else could we do? Ah, oh, there's that really old movie called little shop of horrors. Why don't we make that into a musical? And they kind of smash out this musical quite quickly and put it up and it's really successful. Yeah. Everyone wants to see this tiny little show in this tiny little theater about this massive puppet of a plant. Mm. Um, and it's, it's kind of like musical. a hole in the wall kind of theater. Yeah. Um, producers offer to take it at Broadway. Ashman says, no, it, it belongs in a small space. That's, I think, a smart move. It's a shame there wasn't another option, though, like yeah. more money? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. what they did do is made it a film. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they yeah. make it a movie. The movie's quite successful. It becomes a bit of like a cult classic. Maybe we should cover the movie on the uh, uh Patreon.com slash yeah, Disney. Ashman Menken mm. duo. Yeah. Mm. Check us out. Mm. Patreon.com yeah, slash out. Disney. So he pulls him in. They do the Little Shop of Horrors. It's a huge success. 
Ashman gets pulled over to Disney. Who do you want? My mm. good pal, Alan. We yeah. work really well together. And here we are. We now have Musker and Clements at the helm. We've got Ashman and Menken doing the music. Mm. This is this is going to be good. It's going to be good. This is the uh, just that little bit of paprika and spice that's just going to make it sing. Like it's yeah. just, ah, oh, oh, John Clemens. How John could Luskin. this go wrong? Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So Menken had never, and it's hard to believe, had never written a score before this film. That is fascinating to me because it is stunning. It's amazing. So when he obviously wrote the music for Little Shop of Horrors, but when it went to film, yeah. there's little tiny bits of incidental music that he did not write. Yeah. And, of course, that film was nominated at the Golden Globes for Best Score, mm. but because Alan Menken didn't write it, Miles Goodman wrote the extra yeah. bit of score because... Alan Menken's work wasn't eligible because it was written for the stage. Yeah. But if he'd yep. written the score, those bits would be considered inverted yeah, commas. Yeah. Miles Goodman did that. So Miles Goodman's name came up when it said best score, Miles Goodman, yeah. Little Shop of Horrors, which obviously stung a bit <coughs> as yeah, it would. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did 95% of the work and this guy's name's on the board. Mm. He didn't win, so it's all good. But when they said The Little Mermaid, Ashman was like, you've got to write the whole score. Like, yeah. Yeah. Earn it. Yeah. And so he did. And the score is bloody stunning. Yeah. Yeah, and it is. He's written the score for yeah, most of the stuff he's done moving forward. He's collaborate collaborated a bit with like Steven Schwartz, but mostly it's him, which is really, really cool. Yeah. So before I said, you know, Ashman did more than write the lyrics. Ashman's responsible for a lot of the like big story things that we know in this, especially this and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. So he walks in and says, you know, show me what you've got. And they're like, you know, it's a mermaid and we've come up with this little crab idea. Mm. And he says, well, why don't you make the crab Jamaican? And yeah. they're like, oh, we were, they were going to make him like an English kind of toffee yeah, okay. thing. Yeah. And he said, oh, let's make him Jamaican. Then we can have like a Calypso mm. thing, whatever his number's going to be. And like it just, you go, how could, that'd be such a different film yeah. if it was just like a pompous. Under the sea, <laughs> under the sea. Oh. So, they then started going to him every time they were stuck and this movie kept getting stuck story-wise. Yeah. And so they'd seen, um, you know, they were like, Ariel's going to go to the surface and she rescues Eric mm. and then what? And Mankin was like, why don't you get the crab to like switch sides? So he goes from telling her, no, this is all wrong, we've got to tell your father to I'll help you. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. And that's such a beautiful moment when he says, you know, you can go home and do what you're told and just be miserable for the rest of your life. And mm. it's so beautiful. And the light motif happens, which I'll talk about later when we get into the music and Ariel's face just drops and you're like, oh, this moment. But that's like, that's Ashman magic. Shake your yeah. head at me, yeah. young lady. Maybe there's still time. If we could get that witch to give you back your voice, you could go home with all the normal fish and just be, just be... <laughs> Just be miserable for the rest of your life. So, yeah, he's played like this this huge, huge role and he's so much more than a lyricist and it's just important to just kind of remember that, I guess, when, you, when you're talking about him because he was, he was amazing and, God, that's... Instrumental. We will talk about him more when we get to uh, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and I'll, I will try my hardest... Not to break down on, yeah. on. I was going to say, on camera. I'm recording. <laughs> I'll bring a camera just to yeah, make sure you don't break down. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
So this one I didn't, usually I rewrite these. This one I've just dumped off Wikipedia and forgot to rewrite. So, <clears throat> my best Wikipedia voice. In Disney's beguiling animated romp. Wow. <laughs> I did that not is definitely this. not what I think Wikipedia sounds like, but that's uh, hey. <laughs> Rebellious sixteen-year-old mermaid Ariel. She's sixteen. She gets married at the end of this film. She's yeah, sixteen. Yeah, that did make me feel a bit gross. It's fascinated with life on land on one of her visits to the surface, which are forbidden by her controlling father, King Triton. She falls for a human prince, determined to be. With her new love, Ariel makes a dangerous deal with the sea witch Ursula to become human for three days. But when plans go awry for the star-crossed lovers, the king must make the ultimate sacrifice for his daughter. That makes it sound like the film's about Triton. Yeah, the fork daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone needs a fork daddy. But when plans go awry for the star-crossed lovers, the king must make the ultimate... That sounds like that is the massive crux of the film. yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Triton does save Ariel, essentially, but he's not ma- saving her for the plot The plot doesn't prince. revolve around her. No, no. <laughs> so that's the Wikipedia summary. I just want to start by reading the Disney Wikipedia summary. <laughs> <clears throat> the film begins on a foggy morning out in the open sea. A ship... Then comes from the fog, filled with sailors singing Yo, stories oh, of the legendary Yo. merfolk. <laughs> like yours is a very succinct kind of summary, even if it's a little bit wrong, whereas mine's going, the fog parts, our bow is seen. <laughs> sounds like a horror film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So I did read the original story. Ah, yes, yes. I will get my copy up uno momento are you ready yes i am the little mermaid was written in 1836 by hans christian anderson as part of a collection called fairy tales told for children and it begins thus far out at sea the water is as blue as the petals of the loveliest cornflower (laughs) and as clear as the purest glass but it is very deep deeper than any anchor cable can reach many church towers would have to be placed on top of each other to stretch from the seabed to the surface down there the sea folk live I actually kind of love the floweriness of that. Isn't (laughs) it pretty? Very beautifully written I would read that story 100% And from there begins the most luscious 12 pages I've ever read. This guy writes like Tolkien, but without all the filler. We're going to get some upset people. Um, The first page continues to describe the ocean in a way that makes it sound like the most exciting, beautiful and gorgeous playground on Earth. Living amongst all this is the widowed sea king who lives with his 12 oyster shell wearing mermother. 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 Because, like, you know, it's not his wife, it's his mermother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mermother. Yeah, sorry. I'll play with words. Come on. Yeah, well done, well done. (laughs) Um, Ten points. They wear oyster shells on their tails, not to cover their 12 nipples. (laughs) Well, I figured some people were like, 12? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They have six daughters, the youngest of which is the most beautiful and therefore clearly destined to be our ingenue. 
Good use of the word ingenue. I like that. Thank you. Um, all the Mer sisters have a bit of earth they can plant some flowers in. And my God, this book is so full of colour words that I just want to book a trip to Queensland and go look at our dead reef. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, all of the sisters collect things that they've rescued from the shipwrecks and the youngest is fascinated with a marble statue of a man. The world above her and the idea of what flowers and plants look and smell like fascinates her. Her grandmother makes a deal that when each of the sisters turn 15, they can go up to the surface at night and sit on the rocks to watch the ships come and go. The older sister turns 15 and each night comes back down and relays all the wonderful sights and sounds she witnessed above. The second sister describes the above as golden and full of clouds and swans. Sister number three sees lots of green forests, naked children and a scary dog. Sister four is shy, so she doesn't see much. And sister five must have gone up in winter because she sees icebergs. <laughs> Also, like a weird steel ship that hits an iceberg. And, yeah. um, Leonardo DiCaprio was there. <laughs> These five sisters now gleefully link arms and swim up together, leaving the littlest mermaid behind to cry. When she finally turns 15, her grandmother decks her out with flowers and pearls and attaches the shells to her tail. It hurts, but Grandma is all beauty as pain and sends her off. What a, what a lesson. Um, the sun has just set as she lifted her head above the surface of the water but all the clouds were still gleaming like roses and gold and in the midst of the pale red sky the evening star shone with such brightness and beauty the air was mild and fresh and the sea absolutely still my god isn't it just beautiful <laughs> anyway she spots a ship and swims on over to it it's night and there's a party on deck the young prince walks out and fireworks soar into the air as per the movie, a storm comes out of nowhere and rips apart the ship. As everyone is drowning, just like in the movie, she says, fuck you to all the sailors except her young prince. <laughs> After all, she wants to introduce him to her father and not just introduce his corpse. <laughs> Very happy the dog didn't die, by the way. <laughs> Uh, she rescues him and takes him to shore, scurrying away behind a rock when she sees some girls coming. She gets upset when he awakes to find himself surrounded by giggling girls, thinking they rescued him. She returns to the surface many times after that day, but doesn't see her prince, so she's left to cuddle her marble statue at night. Not being able to hold it in anymore, she finally tells her sisters about the prince, and it just so happens that one of them knows who he is and where his palace is. How convenient. How convenient. <laughs> The Little Mermaid now spends her nights swimming up to the edge of the castle and looking at all of the beauty. She becomes obsessed with the human world and wants to know everything. Her grandmother explains that whilst merfolk die, humans have a soul that lives forever. Now she's terrified of death and what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it when you're reading a kid's book or a book intended for young readers and then you're like, ah, I'm having an existential crisis, crisis. now. <laughs> uh, her grandmother explains that if the prince falls in love with her, his soul will flow into hers, but that will only happen if she has legs. Eventually, the Little Mermaid goes to visit the Sea Witch. Her, her lair is made up of the skeletons of sunken sailors in a dark, slimy underwater forest. The proposal the witch gives her is as follows. <clears throat> I will prepare a drink for you. Before the sun rises, you must swim with it to where there is land. Sit down on the shore there and drink it. Then your tail will split and contract into what humans call a nice pair of legs. <laughs> but it will hurt you. It is as if a sharp sword passes through you. Everyone who sees you will say you are the loveliest human child they have ever seen. You will keep your floating walk. No dancer can float as you can, but each step you take will be like treading on a sharp knife that made your blood flow. Are you prepared to suffer all this? For then I will help you. 
Like, I can't rewrite that. No. That's just that's beautiful. <laughs> very stunning. Also very grim. Very dark. She then continues to explain that she will never be able to return to mermaid form, and if the prince doesn't fall in love with her and marry someone else, she will die. In exchange for the spell, she demands the mermaid give up her voice and rely on her looks. Yeah, I've got your looks. It's amazing how much of this you go, oh my God, yeah, the song. Yeah, the mermaid agrees, so the witch cuts her... <laughs> This part wasn't in the movie. Uh, the mermaid agrees, so the witch cuts her own breast to pour some of her blood into a cup, then cuts off the mermaid's tongue. She says, stick out your tongue. Okay, no. Cuts it off. Uh, the mermaid is told that if anyone gives her trouble, just throw some of the blood in their face and they'll burst into a thousand pieces. Fuck. I just love that. Without a tongue, you could still go, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... The mute mermaid lands on shore and the prince takes her in. He orders a man's riding costume for her and takes her on horse rides. Similar to the movie, he's all, you're awesome, but I love the chick that saved me. Turns out the prince is in an arranged marriage because the old folks are demanding royal grandchildren. So he's off to marry some random princess. The little mermaid sisters uh, rise to the surface. All of their hair is cut off. They explain they offered their luscious locks to the sea witch in exchange for their sister's life. They offer her a knife and explain that if she stabs the prince in the heart and let his blood drain onto her feet, she'll become a mermaid again. The little mermaid walks into the prince's bedchamber, sees his bride sleeping on his chest, opts to fling the knife away and dives back into the ocean where her body dissolves into foam. There's something about God. The end. <laughs> wow. So there's a lot that is basically the film, like the yeah. boat and the party on the boat. Mm, and she yeah, falls yeah, in love yeah. with the guy on the boat. And there's a sea witch who takes her voice just in a mm. less macabre fashion. Yeah. But yeah, she doesn't she doesn't die at the end. That's like no, the biggest no. biggest difference. And also she's helped by her sisters. Like yeah. her sisters give her advice and an active they come part up of the and, story. Yeah. yeah, they come up frequently and like check she's okay and stuff. Yeah. Whereas the movie, which a lot of people had problems with from a feminism point of view yeah. is very much about all her advice is given to her by men. Hmm. The sisters play no part in the yeah. film whatsoever. They're easily forgotten. So all her friends are men. The advice is given to her by men. She's after a man. Yeah. yeah. That whole dinner scene, everyone's a man. There's no there's yeah. no other female prominent characters apart from the witch. And then they go, well of course the near anorexic girl is the heroine. Yeah. And the plus-sized, ugly-looking creature mm. is the villain. Queer icon, I think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, all, they're all a little bit queer-influenced, yeah. the villains kind of moving forward. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just like an, an interesting wow. thing that doesn't change for quite a while. Yeah, it is interesting. And I think that the musical tries to maybe fix that by making the sisters a bigger part, but they're never really helpful still. They're not like helpful. It's, it's just that they're there more to make fun of her, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and then uh, Flounder gets a bigger part because in the musical, Flounder wants to fuck. Flounder fucks, the yeah. musical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's actually, I believe, what it was called before it transferred to Broadway. It's called <laughs> Flounder fucks, the musical. So, uh. <laughs> The musical was not successful for those of you who have never seen it. Yeah. Um, some beautiful, beautiful moments in it, but overall just mm. did not translate well and instead of 
swimming using flies, mm. they got them wheelie shoes because they yeah. were really popular at the time and thought re- that would look really cool. I remember one sequence back in the early days of YouTube because I'm that old, um, where you saw where it was Eric when Eric fell off the ship. He was like on a fly and was sort of like in slow motion sinking yeah. and the ship was rising and so it was like this very cool sort of moment. Um, but yeah, no, I don't I don't love the musical. That's yeah, that's still in it, but then. They're just on wheel. They're basically on roller yeah. skates. Yeah, I did. I, I remember loving those wheelie shoes, and I remember really wanting them. So I probably yeah. would have loved seeing this show. I remember seeing those wheelie shoes recently, and still really wanting them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I think let's jump into the songs. Let's do it. Let's get the songs. All right. the songs. Uh, well, we're going to go for a break first, and when we come back, we're going to jump into the songs because there is a lot to talk about. Yes. Hey guys, it's Stackers here. Will didn't do a read, so I'm doing one for him. We would like to thank everyone that has continued to donate to our Patreon. We are working towards a goal and we are almost there, but we need a little more help. So if you can, please head over to Dissecting Disney Divies on Patreon. Alternatively, we would just love your support. Share us with your friends. Sit down for coffee and ask them, what is the best Disney song? And as the shock and awe takes over their facial muscles, respond with, don't worry, this podcast has all the answers. If you would like to see me, Stackers, performing in person, I am doing a show all about Disney at the Butterfly Club from Monday the 25th of April through to Saturday the 30th of April. If you want to see it, head over to thebutterflyclub.com and look up Life According to the Mouse. All right, enough of that. Back to the show. film doesn't open with credits no no it doesn't it it because ha- it has that song first from memory and then it goes into the overture and the credits and you get that be- those beautiful mm. sh- tracking shots um it's funny because even though this song is not particularly great like it, it it doesn't really give any good indication as to what's to come the orchestration of it just is still very opulent and grand and stunning yeah. like it's it's very it's listenable. much better than we are cutting ice from frozen we are cutting eyes, cause we are cutting eyes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but essentially it serves the same sort of purpose. But it does. It's like, let's start with the men at work to, do, to establish a yeah. little bit of time and place. That's a new category we need to add to our spreadsheet, I think. <laughs> men, the men at work song. <laughs> the men at work song. Do we you come from a land down under? Yo, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, what did you rate this? Okay. So I rated it at a four for music. I had initially rated it at a three, but just re-listening to it again then, I think it deserves a little bit more because uh-huh. it is quite stunning musically. Uh, I gave it a two for lyrics, a three for animation, 
a one for contribution and a zero for cake. All right. I gave it a three for music, a two for lyrics, a two for animation, a one for contribution and a zero for cake. Mm, yep. So sort of similar. Sort of similar. Not quite as, quite as exciting. No. I think this is just – it's the first thing that made me go, this is different. Yeah. It's not opening with a catchy attempted a pop song, yeah. which basically every film in the past decade has done. Yeah. And none, none of them were particularly great. Probably my favourite was the um, Oliver and Company yeah. one. Yeah, which still slaps. Once upon that, a uh, time in New York City. That's all I remember. Yeah. Um, Something about when it's raining cats and dogs. Uh, once upon a time in New York City. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Somewhere between what I sang and what we <laughs> sang is how that song sung. I've just still got the Billy Joel song stuck in my head. Yeah. yeah, I don't have much else to say about that song. It's just kind of like, ah, oh, filler, filler, mm. let's get to the overture. Yeah. I What I do like about the song is that we learn pretty much everything we need to know about Eric in this song. Mm. And that is that, A, he loves dogs. B, he's a musician because he's got his little recorder. Uh, C, he loves the outdoors. D, he's very humble because he doesn't want that statue, although that comes a little bit later. Um, uh, is that later or is that now? No, it's later. It's during oh. the night time with the fireworks oh, okay, and stuff. Yeah. Um, but lastly, and yeah, most importantly, Eric's a fucking dish. He is, he is a, possibly he is the dish. hottest Disney male character. Yeah. yeah. Give like me, Aladdin's good looking, but Eric's... Mm. Uh, give me a sailor over a street rat. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah cool. If we're going for in terms of hotness, I mean, look, it's those blue eyes, man. Yeah, I mean, Triton is the hottest, I think, in this movie, but um, <laughs> and these gigantic <laughs> nipples, fork daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Eric is a dish. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that's all we got. All right, then it's the overture, and then pretty much straight after that, we've got the concert. <laughs> That's the whole song. Yeah. <laughs> it's still cute. Like It is really it, cute. It's just, I just wish there was more of it, you know, because it's cute. It, it kind of just makes its, makes its point. It does make its the point. It doesn't need to be more. The whole song is just a build to the climax of yeah. Ariel appearing. And I just love, like, what concert have you ever done where you just haven't noticed the leading man or lady isn't there. Yeah. You're like, we'll just start the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely, yeah. Where the fuck is the stage <laughs> yeah. manager? Like, I mean, Se- Sebastian's there. He yeah. should be there going, uh, five-minute call, everyone, five-minute call. Yeah, didn't we do Where's a warm-up? Ariel? As if he wouldn't run a warm-up. Yeah. Come on. Come on, guys, on stage in five for yeah. vocal warm-up. Okay. Yeah. Um, and someone chucks on, like, uh, you know, um, like Kylie Minogue and they're all doing like stretches or something. It's like, and reach and reach and reach. Okay. To the corner guys, we're going to jump, you know, go across here doing turns and five, six, seven, eight. Turn, turn, turn. I want more bubbles, people. Yeah. More bubbles. Did you happen to see the Little Mermaid live? Uh, as in the musical or the... No, the Little Mermaid live, which was like the live action one they did with Aurelia. Cav- I always say Aurelia Cavello, the girl that played Moana. 
Oh, uh, oh yeah, I, I will butcher her name, so I don't want to say it. But I do know who you're talking about. I haven't seen it. I saw it was on Disney Plus and yeah. I thought I should watch it, but I didn't. I watched all the songs, basically. Yeah. And some of it, like Poor Unfortunate Souls, absolute boss. The staging is amazing yeah. and I feel like the musical would have been more successful if they went down that road. But this song is sung by... She goes by Amber now, but it's Amber Riley from Glee. Okay, yeah, And also yeah, yeah, she yeah. was Effie in Dreamgirls for a bit. Yeah. And it's just her doing like this weird belt fit. She does it solo okay, with yeah. all the moments around her, but they don't sing really until huh. like right at the end. But she's like, she's not so like she's not one of the Mercy yeah, sisters. Yeah, yeah. She just comes out in this white fluffy thing to sing this song and fucks off. Like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. Maybe that's paying homage to the woman who did four of the seven voices. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're just going to come out and you're going to sing this. Yes, good, good. <laughs> I was just like, what was that? <laughs> okay, so I gave this yep. for a score. I gave it three and a half for music, Yep. two for lyrics, mm -hmm. three for animation, two for contribution, one for cake. Fair enough. Quite similar. I gave it a three for music, mm -hmm. a two for lyrics, mm -hmm. a two for animation, mm -hmm. a three for contribution, mm -hmm. and a two for cake. Two for cake. Yeah, because I do I do remember how it goes. I don't remember all the lyrics. I could not tell you all their names. It's a it, two for cake. It's one of those songs where I don't remember it until I watch it and go, oh, yeah, this yeah. song. And it's just fresh in my brain, but I know I'll completely forget it later. Yeah, fair enough. So that's the Daughters of Triton. So they do the concert. Mm. Ariel's not there. Ariel. And she's up looking at forks and stuff. Yeah. With scuttle. Yeah. yeah. Dingle hoppers. And, Dingle uh, hoppers. Trying to brush your hair with a fork. Yeah. Very painful. Fun little detail, which I only noticed in last night's uh, watch through, is that at night when um, Eric is sort of think like when she's a human and they've had that day out together and he's thinking about her, you see her in the window combing her hair with a fork. How have I never picked that up? It's very fun. I was just like, oh, that's a very fun detail. Like I she's didn't... still doing it. Yeah, that was very cool. Oh, now I want to watch it again. Yeah, please do. It's it's just a nice little that's very nice little cute. touch. Very cool. I like the design of like the shells that they ride in on, and then Sebastian's got his own little shell that he rides in on. Oh, it's so funny. And they do um, King Trident's theme on the kazoo. It's very very yeah, funny. Yeah, I found it really interesting that the mermaids all have like pink tail, pink shells. Orange tail, yeah. yellow orange shells, and then yeah. Ariel's like green and purple. Yeah. Flaming red hair. She looks completely different <laughs> to mm, the others. Yeah. Yeah. She, Originally, uh, fun fact, she was meant to be blonde. Because huh. Katzenberg said, everyone knows mermaids are blonde. Interesting. <laughs> Who? Do, do they? I think yeah. the girl in Splash was blonde. Right. With an orange tail, I oh, think. So, how did they settle on red then? Do you know? They thought it would just pop really yeah. well in the water it and does. they said trying to do they said red's really easy to do when she's in shadow mm. you just do a darker red but dark yellow looks really crap yeah okay and because she does all the stuff in the ship yeah underwater and stuff they went red will look really good it was a good move and then it was just um complementary colors mm. purple and green just pop. oh yeah i mean the red's iconic so it was a good move mm. well done okay yeah On to the like the song the of my song. childhood. I want to be where the people are. I want to see, want to see them dancing, walking around on those, what do you call them? 
Oh, feet. Flipping your fins, you don't get too far. Legs are required for jumping, dancing, strolling along down a, what's that word again? Street. Up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun, wandering free. Wish I could be part of that world. Oh, you don't know how much I want to just put in all three minutes of that song. Oh, it is a beautiful song. And uh, it's interesting. Listening to it last night, I almost had a new appreciation for it because I don't think I've watched this movie probably since I was quite young. And, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you what age I was. So it's been a while since I've seen the movie. But I have seen a lot of people either singing this song mm. or I've seen the live, the, the live musical. And it's... Angie sort of said it to me. She said that you very rarely hear it these days where people aren't over singing it. And there's just something about the the gentleness and the delicateness of her the way she's singing it and the voice that is just so beautiful. So sort of revisiting it and re-listening to jo- Jody Jody Benson. Jody Benson. Singing it is just it was just like a reawakening almost for this this song in particular. I, d- I just thought it was beautiful. Yeah, I sort of noted it's the first time that I can remember in these movies where I can hear someone actually acting through song. Yeah. Which is very hard to do when you can't see them. Yeah, absolutely. So it's completely vocal and it is 100% a credit to Alan Menken. Mm. So I've actually got a little clip here of him coaching Jodie on this song. So she was basically kind of blasting out a nice belty version of it. Yeah. And he was telling her, you know, we've got to pull it back. We've got to focus more on the acting side. And eventually the final take was done. They turned off all the lights in the studio. Yeah. Um, so this is a little clip of him coaching her. Every little thing that you do is huge. Everything okay. is huge. So it's like any, a big uh, <laughs> isn't needed. Okay. It's like every little breath you take is enormous everything is is everything registers it's like your uh, your litmus paper uh-huh. um so really try to work with just the intensity it's like it's about all that emotion and then not letting it off not letting it off not letting it off but having it here when's it my turn wouldn't i love that stuff really it's was, is I'm, is am I still a little too loud? You're great. Oh, better you're, at that you're, time. You're great, better. but you are. Okay. It gets a little bright in here. What would I give if I could live out of these waters? The intensity mm-hmm. is better than what would I give is better than than noise. Yeah, right. and you're not doing it from them. It's but it's it's inner intensity. So even me. more, not as singing, mm-hmm. basically. Let, use less voice and not more intensity. Okay. Just get in okay. on yourself. Get yourself get yourself in the place you're in. And then she asked him to sing it for her. She said, can you just sing it for me? Now, this clip is actually from the, this is the demo recording, basically. They invited people to, I think it's Alan's house. Yeah. And um, Howard just sang the whole song. This yeah. is Howard Ashman singing Part of Your World. He's right. Maybe there is something the matter with me. I just don't see how a world that can make such wonderful things can be bad. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? 
Wouldn't you think I'm the girl, the girl who has everything? Look at this trove, treasures untold. How many wonders can one cavern hold? Looking around here, you'd think, sure, she's got everything. I got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. I got who's it's and what's it's galore. You want thingamabobs? I got twenty. But who cares? No big deal. I want more. I want to be where the people are. I want to see, want to see them dancing, walking around on those, what do you call them? Oh, feet. <sighs> so unfair. I didn't want to stop it. Uh, it just you hear you hear the character. Yeah. You hear you hear that complete clarity of mm. understanding of character and performance as opposed to just sing it. Yeah. And he said to her, just put a lid on it. Just put a lid on it. Yeah. yeah. Turned off all the lights and that resulted in that phenomenal mm. performance. Mm. So what did you give it? Okay, so I gave it a five for music. I gave it a four for lyrics. Uh, initially, I gave it a three for animation, but I'm changing that to a four um, because I just remembered there's little cute things like Sebastian looking through the, the, the glasses. Oh, that's so funny. And it's just like, it's very, very cool. And how they're trying to emulate the walking and all that sort of stuff. I think that that's very cool. Um, contribution, I gave it a four. And cake score, I gave it a five. Cool. I gave it a five for everything except animation. I gave it a four. This was the moment where Tim said, take away the song. Is it the most amazing thing in the film? Yeah. I think the design of the grotto Mm. is mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So beautiful. All the little items in it kind of reminds me a little bit of the toy shop in um, Pinocchio. Yeah. It's the way she moves through that water, the Mm. way they've done her hair. There's so many moments when she spins about the dancing, when she finally goes up to the top mm. of the grotto and she kind of comes through her hair. Mm. There's so many beautiful, iconic moments in it. Um, but it's just not the most amazing animation I've ever seen. So, yeah. But I I couldn't take any, any points off anything else. Just while we're talking about animation for a second, I know we've mentioned it a couple of times, but I don't think we have really just stressed how beautiful this movie is to look at. Like Mm. the animation, just as you said, of the hair in this underwater flowy hair is stunning. They they, Compare it to Oliver and Company where the mouths weren't even moving in time with the words. Um, But I know, like I read somewhere that they had looked at reference footage of one of the the female astronauts in the space station to get that sort of flowy, like the way they move, the the way that all that sort of stuff happens. Um, And just the the number of bubbles that they drew, like they drew over a million bubbles. One million, bubbles. yeah. yeah. Um, and this is the last film to use hand-drawn cell animation. Yeah. There's a bit of CGI, especially mm. like the boat and there's a few other things, but this is the the end of that era. Yeah, and it's just, it's a credit to it. I think the whole movie is incredibly beautiful. Mm. It really proves that it wasn't because it was hand-drawn yeah. that things looked a bit odd. There are still moments where her face looks a bit odd. <laughs> 
the very end of part of your world yes. where she's looking through a thing, yes. I was like, oh, <laughs> Don't freeze frame that. Ooh. Do not freeze frame that. <laughs> but for the most part, oh, my God, there's yeah. some incredible animation in this. So following this, we get the reprise. What would I give to live where you are? What would I pay to stay here beside you? What would I do to see you smiling at me? The famous Ariel on the rocks moment. That moment where she just presses up on the rock mm. and the waves crash over her. Yeah. And then you realise the animation on her face is really weird and you yeah, try and erase yeah. that from your memory because <laughs> yeah. it's a really good moment. <laughs> There's a couple of moments in this movie that have been memed and I think that's one of them. That's definitely one um, of them. The other one is when she's like realising that she's late to the... Um, to the song and she's like ah. <laughs> I love this moment mm. it's mm. it's a good reprise oh it's a great reprise yeah um and just the the visuals are stunning except for obviously the weird animation I'm um, just yeah she it's all very cool the color palette in this movie and in this point in particular because it's quite sunny and the 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 ocean's quite beautiful and sparkly mm. and then the sand's quite lovely it's like it's very cool the sun and the water and the sand <laughs> so my one gripe with this yeah and i think i have just been spoiled by the the broadway cast recording is yeah the ending feels like it's heading somewhere and then u turns mm. and the broadway production fixed it Right. So I've got a side-by-side clip here okay. of the two versions of the Party Your World reprise. The first one is the movie. The second one is the Broadway one. They fixed it. Have a listen. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know something's starting right now. Fuck yeah. It just Stunning. it feels like that's where it's heading. Yeah. And then she doesn't. The incredible Sierra Borges playing Ariel in mm. the Broadway production. Mm. But that is why my score for this song for music is a four. Because it just doesn't go where I want it to. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a five for lyrics. I gave it a four for animation because her face is weird. 
did. Mm -hmm. Five for contribution because it's such a good moment. Yep. And five for cake because it's it's a reprise and also it's one of the most memorable songs in the show. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I um I am doing exactly the same thing. Four for music. Four for lyrics. Three for animation. Well, not exactly the same thing. I've just realised <laughs> <laughs> I make bold statements and then go back on them immediately. Four for music. Four for lyrics. Three for animation. Four for contribution. And five for cake. It's a shame that they didn't do what they did in Broadway with uh, with the movie because that would have been... It's so yeah. epic. It is, yeah. It it's sounds, so it epic. sounds great. And you can't make water splash over her in the Broadway production. No, like you can't. no, you Someone can't. comes on with a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this really sets really unrealistic expectations about how your hair behaves in water as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyone who's been swimming with long hair in the ocean, which my hair's getting quite long now. It is. Very think? luscious. What do you think? Um, I yeah. used to have hair down to my butt and I remember swimming um, as a kid. I'd do swimming lessons and then I'd have some, like, free time in the pool. Mum yeah. would just let me stick around for a bit. And I used to, like, dive right under and I'd pull my hair over and then just do the flick. And apart from giving myself a whiplash, yeah. it just, like, <laughs> half end up on my face. <laughs> half, and it, the bit that hits you on the back is like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't get that beautiful like rainbow of hair. You should do those like behind the scenes influencer things. Yeah. It's like what the influ <laughs> what the Instagram sees, and then you're just like <laughs> just suffocating on my yeah. own hair. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's the part of your world reprise. Mm. So on to the multi award winning hit song of the show, Under the Sea. Ariel, listen to me. The human world, it's a mess. Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. The seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. You dream about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Just look at the world around you, right here on the ocean floor. Such wonderful things around you. What more is you looking for? Under the sea, under the sea, darling, it's better down where it's wet and take it from me. Up on the shore, they work all day, out in the sun, they slave away. While we've been putting full time to floating under the sea. <laughs> banger. Banger. Total banger. Total banger. Flat, Flat fives. fives. <laughs> Fucking yes! We did it! Ding, 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 ding! We, we fucking did it. Oh, yes. shit. This is it. This is it, guys. I the first that. one. I felt that. When when it finished and all the fish go, blam! I was just like, if Will doesn't give this <laughs> that's not like the lyrics, freaking incredible. The yeah. animation that Matt, can you imagine being handed those lyrics? Yeah. I mean, like, you have to animate all of this. When he gets to like the new play, the flute, the, the car play, the, the bass. Yeah, and it's yeah, just like yeah. all these fish do very specific things. Yeah, so yeah. you've got to draw these fish and then draw these fish doing all these things. Yeah. I I get like <laughs> conniptions when I think about when I saw this live with the MSO, which was an incredible experience and the orchestra was amazing. But yeah. the way that they do these things is they've got the movie playing behind the orchestra. The conductor has headphones on and a screen and some awesome tech that basically gives him click tracks for every song, which yeah. means like he'll hear in his head occasionally like one, two, three, four, and it'll set him a beat or it'll give him warnings about when the tempo is going to change because mm. underscoring is a nightmare to conduct on the fly. Anyway, so all of the audio is from the film. So yeah. all the singing is from the film and that's it. That's all that's coming out of there. Everything yeah, else is played yeah. live. So Under the Sea starts... 
And, you know, we're getting into it. And and I found myself just kind of like nodding in time with the singer. Mm. And then I look over to my friend Rebecca and she's like tapping the beat. And I was like, they're not in time, are they? And she's like, oh. nup. And they just, they never got it. Yeah. They never got it. So it's basically like the, the movie's not going to slow down or speed up to catch you. They were ahead and then they were behind and oh. then it just never, it never clicked. Like, That's a shame. It was the most anxiety-written yeah. performance of Under the Sea I've ever felt because they just could not sink yeah. it. Everything else was amazing, but that was just like, oh, God, just make it end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I agree. Flat fives, totally um, worthy of all the awards mm. it got and all the recognition mm. it gets. It's amazing in every way. There we go. First one. Down. I doubt it'll be the last, but first. Yeah. There we go. Holy crap. We have a 50 out of 50. Yep. It's Sorry, Corella Deville. After yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> ten movies on top, you're uh, you second Walrus now. Sorry, and the Carpenter. We don't even remember you exist anymore. <laughs> Love it. Love, Love it. it. Amazing. All right. So straight on. Poor unfortunate souls. I admit that in the past I've been a nasty. They weren't kidding when they called me well a witch. But you'll find that nowadays I've mended all my ways, repented, seen the light, and made a switch. True, yes. And I fortunately know a little magic. It's a talent that I always have possessed. And here lately, please don't laugh. I use it on behalf of the miserable, lonely, and depressed. Pathetic. Poor unfortunate souls in pain, in need. This one longing to be thinner, that one wants to get the girl, and do I help them? Yes, indeed. Those poor unfortunate souls, so sad, so true. They come flocking to my cauldron, crying spells, Ursula, please, and I help them. Yes, I do. Iconic. Amazing. Did you know she is technically not an octopus? Because she has six legs instead of eight. Oh, I did not even notice that. Because cheaper and easier to draw. Oh, really? Okay. I thought there was going to be a bigger, like, oh, she's a kraken or something. Way more effort, way more time and money to draw eight. Let's just give her six. So technically... She's squid. She is squid. Okay, yep. (laughs) Squid Ursula. Squid Ursula. Flat Flat fives. fives. (laughs) Fucking shit, yes! (laughs) I was like, oh, please. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I've spoken a few times about me having in my head the song that I thought was going to get my first flat fives. And it wouldn't be my only one, but that was the one that was probably going to get my first. This movie's blown it out of the water. Like, that's not for another... uh, uh, no, I won't spoil it, but yeah. yeah, we've still got a while for that movie. Um, this is, it's incredible that I just sat there going, these are perfect songs. I cannot fault them. They are they are just mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah, I, I always thought Little Mermaid, uh, obviously part of your world. I yeah. didn't even consider, yeah. one, that I wouldn't give that flat fives, and two, that there were other songs that I'd be like, holy crap. Yeah. That's that's a flat five. Yeah, I stand by mm. my what the wonderful Tig- thing about tiggers. tiggers I yeah, still yeah. think that is 
perfection. Yep. yep. This is just more dynamic perfection, but I still, yeah. I look at that and I still go, the animation is freaking well, perfect. Perfection comes in many forms. Yeah. But, oh, this performance. So good. Uh, Pat Carroll, I just, I honestly, I could listen to her sing this all day. And the, the, the lyrics are so clever. The music is just perfect for what what it's doing um the the animation is stunning when she's like pulling out all the bottles and there's all like weird creatures in them and yeah. stuff it's just how so creepy cool. are the souls oh so creepy so yeah yeah creepy. i still don't know what they are like what does she turn them into they they kind of look like coral to me with eyes yeah because she sort of says like they're, they're part of my garden or whatever yeah, so i assume coral is that, living like, yeah so i guess they're coral with eyes yeah and when, um, yeah, spoiler alert, but when uh, Triton, Triton turns into one, he has like a mustache. He's got a mustache in his little crown. Yeah, like. yeah that's yeah. really cute. This is a sensational performance. So, again, mm. lots and lots and lots of credit has to go to Mencken for this. Yeah. So, basically, he performed it for her and she, she he did a lot of ad-libbing throughout this song as well. Mm. And she said to him, can I steal like a bunch of your ad-libs? And he said... I was hoping you would. <laughs> so this is Hel uh, Alan Menken, Howard Ashman singing Poor Unfortunate Souls. My dear sweet child, that's what I live for. That's what I do to help poor unfortunate merfolk like yourself. Poor souls with no one else to turn to. I admit that in the past I've been a nasty They weren't kidding when they called me, well, a witch But you'll find that nowadays I've mended all my ways Repented, seen the light, and made a switch to years And I fortunately know a little magic It's a talent that I always have possessed And here lately, please don't laugh I use it on behalf of the miserable, lonely, and depressed Pathetic, poor unfortunate souls in pain, in need. This one longing to be thinner, that one wants to get the girl. Do I help them? Yes, indeed. So good. You go, that's the OG. Yeah. That's literally what you're hearing yeah. in, in the final version. Mm. You can hear that influence. Far out. It's actually interesting. So this is, this is where my brain went just then. Um. The, the the live action um, remake of 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close, mm -hmm. her Corella Deville reminds me a lot of mm. Ursula. Yep, I I see that. Yeah, because it's just there's one line in particular where she's like, "I live for fur, I worship yeah. fur." Where I'm like, "That is a that that sounds like very Ursula. similar." Yeah. If we make this coat, it would be as if I were wearing your dog. <laughs> <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> so this role was based on Divine, who had actually passed away by the time this film opened. Oh, okay. Found yep, out. yep. Um, so, yeah, it's camp as hell. Yeah. It's so over the top. But uh, Ashman... This was another Ashman thing. He said, "You need your villains need a song. Mm. Your villain has to have a song, and this is this is the result. Yeah. It's incredible, mm. and it's it, it shocks me. This and um, Circle of Life. I always have this problem where I hear them and go, "Fuck, that's low." Yeah, 
Yeah. I admit that in the past, it's like from the day we, I'm like, I yeah. can't sing along yeah. to these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like a true sort of alto belt. It's, uh, it's mm. really, really stunning. And when she's doing like the incantation, the Ruga, 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 yeah, it's very clever lyrically. So clever. But it's so also Baluga, just So Saluga yeah. are both what you get caviar from. Yes. Yeah. And they are oh, most commonly. No, not caviar, but beluga. They're, I think they're types of whales. No, beluga they're types whale. of, it starts with S. I know you've got beluga whales, yeah. but I think that's because they either okay. carry or have. Beluga and saluga are the same. It's, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's something with caviar, yeah. which you find most commonly in the Caspian Sea. Yeah. So beluga and saluga come yeah, into the Caspian okay. Sea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And yep. then it's. Um, larynx, larynx, something, fight. Ah, uh, what oh. are words? Ah, yeah. So it's larynx, glossitis. Yeah. So larynx, obviously the thing that produces sound. Yeah. Glossitis, inflammation of the tongue. Yeah. So you can't produce right. yeah, proper yeah. speech. Et max laryngitis, laryngitis, loss of voice. Yeah. La voce to me, your voice to me. Yeah, it's very it clever. It sounds like absolute garbage the first yeah, time you hear it. Yeah. And then you pay attention, you're like, fuck, mm. that's not... Will hates made up words, people. He That's, hates made up words. But they're not made up words. And these are not made up words. They're, these are real words. Latin or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is where we get our first so- <gasps> and only songs from the cutting room floor. Songs from the cutting room. Songs from the cutting room. Songs from the cutting room. Floor. So we've got this song called "Silence Is Golden." Now this is essentially was replaced by "Poor Unfortunate Souls," um, but it interestingly it it keeps the incantation section. So you oh. still have the beluga, savuga, coming of the Caspian Sea, uh, and all that stuff. Now I don't have that section for us to listen to, but this is what it sounds like, and this is again Howard Ashman singing it. Silence, silence is golden, my dear. Up above they hate chatter, so what does it matter if you become mute? Nobody likes a loud mouth. I'm silence. Silence is golden, my dear. Don't you think you should try it? They'll say she's so quiet, so shy, it's so cute. Poor Unfortunate Souls is very cab. It feels like cabaret. It's like, um, cha cha, um, cha. Yeah, sounds yeah. like we're bye bye, my lieber. Mm, mm. It's a very that like German musical cabaret kind yeah. of style. This is sort of that wheelhouse as well. Mm, yeah. Because obviously that's just got the piano to it, but you can you can sort of imagine how it would sound fully orchestrated out and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Very yeah, very similar tonalities. Yeah, it's it's good. It's just like it's not poor unfortunate souls. Yeah, I'm very yeah. glad. They no, changed but it. it's interesting that they kept that the incantation is what they kept mm. from it. It's, Still yeah, would have been very good. creepy to have silence. Yeah, silence is golden. Actually, I kind of like it now. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You should sing it. It'd be great. Yeah, okay, let's In do that. In your upcoming cabaret at the Butterfly Club, <laughs> butterflyclub.com. Um, <laughs> all right, so moving on, Ariel joins the human world. And uh, and then she doesn't speak. This is the power of Jodie Benson. Yeah. You remember her performance. She doesn't speak for half the film. Yeah, yeah. And it is a, that's where like 
most of the action happens, I think, in that second half. So, um, but she goes to eat at the castle, and we get le poisson. <laughs> le poisson, le poisson, how I love le poisson! Love to chop and to serve little feet. First, I cut off their heads and I pull out their bones. Ah, mais oui, ça c'est toujours délire. Les poissons, les poissons. <laughs> With the cleaver, I hack them in two. I pull out what's inside and I serve it up. I've got a lovely little fishes, don't you? God, it's funny. It's very fun. My only issue with it. And this is where I've I've like rated rated it fairly low on cake score is like confuse it so much with be our guest. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I, and maybe that's just because they both are sort of French sounding songs. And they've sung Le with a French accent Le and all that sort of thing. It's the same. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah. So, Not to mention, do they both use the can can? I th- oh no! In no. the musical of Beauty and yeah. the Beast, I think they do. Yeah, yeah. But not in the movie. Not in the stage but either show. way, that's still uh, very confusing that yeah. they both use that. Yeah. So otherwise, I rated it fairly well. Okay. Um. So I rated it at a four for music mm-hmm. and a four for lyrics. Mm-hmm. I rated it at a five for animation, a zero for contribution. Wow. Because it does not admire, like it does not contribute to the story. The oh, the only thing it does is that it gets uh, um, Sebastian into Ariel's the dining room. Dining room. That's and the also only thing it allows has. Sebastian to murder a human with no consequences. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So I might change contribution to one because it does do that. And then yeah, a one for cake. One for cake. Because I do remember it, but then I will so often just confuse it with um, be our guest. Right. Well, I gave it a four for music because they didn't write the can can. Mm-hmm. I gave it a five for lyrics. My favorite lyric, hee hee hee, ha ha ha, kills me. It's so funny. It's so good. So deliberate. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, oh, I love it. Because it rhymes with poisson. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, I gave it a five for animation because it's bloody wicked. Yeah. Contribution, I gave it a four. Uh-huh. Cake score, I gave it three and a half because I, I do remember it. Like, I, do, I remember the first two verses. Yeah. I do love in the musical. Um, he starts at La Poisson, La Poisson, how I love La Poisson, love to chop, and they put a big hit on chop, and yeah. I think that's, I always expect that in the movie, and then I go, oh, no, that's the stage version. Les Poissons, Les Poissons, how I love Les Poissons, love to chop and to serve little fish. Um, I've, I've seen it a couple of times on stage, and both times it's been staged quite well. Like, I think the staging of this particular song is very funny. Um, cause there's like a little Sebastian that comes along because yeah. like in the, in the stage show, Sebastian's played by a full grown person <laughs> in a costume. And so they have like this little puppet a Sebastian puppet that's Sebastian. like running across the table. It's very fun. Yeah. You just need, it's the perfect opportunity for a true character actor. Yeah. yeah. In the, pardon me, Little Mermaid Live, it's John Stamos. Oh, really? It's off the chain. Like <laughs> I, ne- I need to watch this. I-, I got a bit of a thing for John Stamos. Yeah. He's a handsome fella. It's off the chain. It's very different to this, but it's, yeah. it's funny. All right, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. <clears throat> les poissons, les poissons, how I love les poissons, love to chop 
to serve little fish. Uh, and then we come to the last song, but we do have a reprise as well. Last song in the movie, the second in the uh, Oscar nominations, Kiss the Girl. Percussion. Strings. Winds. Words. Dare you see her sitting there across the way? She don't got a lot to say, but there's something about her. And you don't know why, but you're dying to try. You wanna kiss her. Don't be scared, you got to move the Love it. I love this song so much. The only thing that this didn't get a five from me for was contribution. Mine was cake. Okay. Fair. Okay, so uh, that's going to make score taking <laughs> yeah. really easy. What did you give it for? I gave it a contrib- three for contribution. Yeah, because I just figure you take it out. It is just a are they going to kiss or not song. If you take it out, it doesn't really change the story in my personal view. I think the way they set it up is bloody brilliant. Oh, when yeah. Scuttle decides to serenade them oh, it's, and it's, it's awful. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's yeah. sped up in the, car, in the cast recording, but in the actual movie when he's mm. like percussion mm. and it starts up and then he goes, it kills me. He goes to the crickets for strings. Yeah, yeah. So they rub their legs. Who thought of that? Yeah, and then does he say reeds or does he say wind and it's the reeds? He says wind and it's the reeds. The reeds. And then it's he says stunning. words. And he's got like the edge of the He yeah. sings into the edge of the reed. Like, yeah. This yeah. animation is mind-blowing. It's and killer. It's Tim was a- like, you still think part of the world deserved a five for animation? I'm yeah. like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so cool when like he's rowing and the frogs are sitting on it, like singing yeah. it. I love when the little, I don't know what they are, they jump out of the water, they go, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." Like they've been so clever with how they animate this. And I have no doubt that Ashman's probably gone, so this is going to be frogs. It's not like in my head this is frogs and in my head this is. But there's so much more detail than what we've basically ever Mm. seen. And these songs are there to drive story they're not there like oliver and company very much feels like here's another here's pop a song. song you know like here's a song yeah, <laughs> yeah. whereas oh god the just from the get-go i was like oh god this song is mm. you can see why this and under the sea would have been hard to pick between because yeah. they're both sensational absolutely yeah yeah and then we get a reprise of poor unfortunate souls what a lovely little bride i'll make my dear i love to die <laughs> Things are working out according to my ultimate desire. Soon I'll have that little mermaid and the ocean will be mine. I thought this was just worth mentioning. It's too short to write. Yeah. And we've already had a reprise. And I know this will be different when we're talking Moana mm. because she reprised that song 50 times, but they're properly established reprises, whereas this is just very short. So I yeah, didn't yeah. read it. But yep. Jodie Benson, mm. totally flipping. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's such a great performance. It is. And it's very clever. 
the way that they use her voice and yeah, that, but they make it more sinister. Like it is, it is quite, it's very much a different character. Yeah. I really love the minor leitmotif. So I didn't explain this, but leitmotif, I think I said this a few episodes is when you have a melodic line that represents a person, place mm. or um, event. Yeah. And, Aerials is the da 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 and it also is da 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 every time she's wanting. Every time you see her and she's looking at Eric or she's thinking about going up above, you hear that. And it's like, oh, she's wanting. There's something missing. Ursula's is da 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 which sounds a lot like I can show you the world, but we'll get there. But, yeah, just that like. Oh, those blasting horns. It's like shit's going to go down. Get ready. And shit does go down. Like it's quite a violent death for Ursula. Spoiler alert. Very quick and violent death. Very quick and violent, yeah. This doesn't need to be a 10-minute sequence. Yeah, yeah. So she grows and gets rammed with a ship. And, yeah, I, I was very much like, oh, shit, okay. And then you sort of see under the water and there's, like, bits of tentacle, like, yeah. floating down. It's very violent. Yeah. yeah. Which we kind of said in the last episode as well with Bill Sykes' death, but this is even more so. Like, it's really, again, it's putting it into fifth gear and going, you know what, kids, you're going to be desensitised to violence. Let's- it reminded me, that whole Eric being hypnotised thing Reminded me of that awful Cinderella sequel we watched where the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the prince gets hypnotised yeah, and he's got to marry yeah. the bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. the evil woman. Good times. Uh, yeah. Again, uh, patreon.com slash Disney. <laughs> uh, but that's all the music. Holy crap. What uh, a movie. What a movie. Uh, so much more enjoyable than I ever remember it being. Um, I'm very, very glad that we're up to it. Yeah. yeah. But you know what time it is? Angie's Anecdotes. Um, Angie, Angie was on fire last night. <laughs> I need to let you know. There's a couple that she came out with. I, I have chosen the the one that I'm this using. Is the greatest hits. This yeah. is the greatest one. But I do want to just shout out to the se- close second one. Uh, there was a point where Ariel and Eric were getting quite close, and it was before. Like it wasn't kiss the girl. It was before that. Like when when she first ran into him again after she'd grown the legs, mm-hmm. and she just goes. She would smell so much like salt and fish. <laughs> but the greatest hit, the the hit, the Angie's anecdote for this episode, when she is uh, first a human, she's getting all the legs and stuff, and she's wrapped up in like a, a um, sail, I think it is. Yeah. And then she gets dunked by the water again. She turns to me and she goes, how did she do that without popping a tit? I get dunked at the beach and it's Nip City. <laughs> Oh, well, well, I was just like, how convenient that she washed up on shore and there just happened to be a sail and wreck there. Yeah, Um, Um, common occurrence in, you know, the 1800s on a beach is just random sail. (laughs) Well, my tidbit from Tim Mm. was, you know, when she arrives, she can't really stand because she doesn't know how to use her legs, basically. Yeah. And five seconds later, she's dancing around in that yeah, pink dress. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, she just learned to walk. Yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> and now she's so There we go. We need, a, we need a theme for Tim's tidbits. <laughs> Where do you think this movie takes place? Do you, do you think this movie takes place in any particular place? Her dress looks a lot like sleeping beauties mm-hmm. that that blue number with the puffy sleeves and the yeah. black bodice yeah but no i 
sort of got like a um I, I want to say Germany because the story's German and yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't really know. It looks somewhere European. Yeah, okay. I was thinking like somewhere in the Caribbean because there's like a lot of islands that were colonized by the French in the Caribbean. Mm. So I don't know. Just an interesting thought. Yeah. yeah. But that's the Little Mermaid from nineteen eighty nine. Either way, they're all American except for the crab. So Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, especially uh, Fork Daddy. <laughs> I just like <laughs> calling him Fork Daddy. Giant nipples. <laughs> they were staring me down the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we have a winner? Well, we have, well, we have two winners, tie. of course. We yeah. have two winners. Yeah. So we'll have to put in some epic remix mashup of yeah. Under the Sea. And, and poor, poor unfortunate, unfortunate souls. souls. Unfortunate souls. Poor unfortunate, unfortunate souls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. So uh, that's it for today. Now, interestingly, mm. the next film doesn't come out till 1991. I don't know why, but I will tell you why next time I know we why. record. We still get a movie every year. It's just not a musical. It's The Rescuers Down Under in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> And we do not want to cover thankfully, that. Thankfully, they don't sing in that one. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Thank God. Well, we need to do some Patreon stuff, so... No, no, no. <laughs> um, I will pay you not to do yeah. that episode. <laughs> well, that's it, folks. You heard it. Uh, we need to convince stackers to watch Rescuers <laughs> Down Under. No. So our next episode will be my, hands down, absolute favourite Renaissance film, mm. 1991's Beauty and the Beast. With possibly the most beautiful motif, I think, <sighs> the rose motif. It's hard. It's hard when you think of these motifs, the part of your world, Beauty and the Beast. Um, oh, what would you say the big one? Aladdin doesn't really have a... Oh, that do, 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 do. The 90s are here, do, mm. do, do. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get a little bit more pop-tastic in, um, in Aladdin, but... Mm. Oh, yeah, between these two movies and Hunchback, I can't tell you which one has my favourite score. Do you Mm. have a favourite Mencken score? I think it might be Hunchback, but I think that's just because I'm a contrarian like that. Um, I do really love the Beauty and the Beast score. I think that it's stunning, especially the musical where they add like the Beast song and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm. What's it called? Uh, if I Can't Love if Her. I, can't love I think her. that's stunning. Um, so it's it's po- quite possibly one of those two. Yeah, I yeah, I always am convinced it's Hunchback until mm. I hear Beauty the Beast and then I'm like, oh, but... The Bells of Notre Dame with uh, the choir. It's so it's epic. So it's definitely the most complicated yeah. and sophisticated score he ever wrote. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's a tie between those mm. those two. Anyway. We'll get to those. We will see you in two weeks with Beauty and the Beast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Stackers. And I'm Will. Bye. Bye. Powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply.